Today on Get Ranked, Nick ranks his top five favorite Friday the 13th kills. His name was Jason. scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Get Ranked, a movie podcast, or as I wanted to call it, Get Ranked, a Star Wars story, but I thought we'd get sued, although I'm fairly certain we would get sued. <laughs> uh, I am your host, uh, Nick, and my co-host is... No one, because Cody is sick this week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you have me and me alone this week. Now, don't turn it off yet till you hear what the show's about, you know. Uh, yes, Cody is sick this week, so in an effort to make sure he stays healthy and <clears throat> keeps his voice, uh, we're going to do kind of a mini-episode this week. Kind of going to deviate a little bit. Um, still going to rank something. Uh, it's only going to be top five instead of top ten. We'll keep the episode short so I'm not rambling for too long. Not more than usual. I mean, we all know I can talk about Thanos for about 45 minutes alone. Or Halloween and Michael Myers. Um, but we thought, you know, instead of keeping you guys episode list this week, we would just do this for you instead. Um, this is probably what we'll do anytime there's a week where one of us can't record. You know, one or the other one will do some kind of mini-episode to... Uh, Fill your ear holes that week. Oof. That's a gross term. But I like it anyway. That's exactly what the show is going to be. Stranger than usual, because I don't have Cody to keep me uh, uh, leashed. Yes, that's right. And because I don't have Cody, I'll just let you guys in on something. Cody is not a horror fan. Anytime we used to go to horror movies, it was me dragging him to go to horror movies. He never wanted to go. But he would go... And cover his eyes and, and scream. But he still went, which is admirable. And we, he does know that throughout this series, as long as we do this show, however many years hopefully we do, uh, there will be some horror-themed weeks, and he will have to watch some horror movies. But I thought for uh, the first time we're doing kind of a mini-episode that one of us is not on, that I'm sole uh, hosting, we're going to go horror. Because horror is my favorite genre of film. Love it. Absolutely love it. Halloween's my favorite holiday. Anything scary, anything gory, anything creepy, anything supernatural, count me in. So when we knew he wasn't going to be able to record this week, I thought, well, what's a topic I can do that's not going to, you know, it's not going to be something uh, that he would want to do. You know, I didn't want to do top 10 Spielberg movies. Of course, Cody's going to want to do that. I didn't want to do, you know, top 10 Marvel films or something because, of course, he'd want to do that. So what's something that he probably wouldn't know enough about and wouldn't want to watch to do? Exactly what we're doing this week. And that's why for this week, I'm counting down my top five favorite, and I think they're the best as well, but it's mostly going to be opinionated, top five favorite kills in the Friday the 13th series. That's right, everybody. Top five kills in the Friday the 13th series. Um, but before we get into all that, I figured, uh, since we had a big movie open last week, we had Marvel's Captain Marvel come out last Friday. I have went and seen it. I went to the preview showing last Thursday night, and I thought I would do a kind of little review for everybody that cares. If you don't care, skip ahead to the to the top five. 
Um, so Captain Marvel, uh, starring Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, Annette Benning, and scores of other people. Um, I'm going to try to keep the beginning of this review uh, spoiler-free. I will jump into spoilers later, but I'll let you know when that's going to be, so you'll be able to fast-forward a little bit. Um, but for the spoiler-free part, um, as I said last week, I was not excited for this movie. I I don't know if it was the trailers weren't doing anything for me, or if I just kind of wanted Marvel to hurry up and get to like Avengers Part 2. I didn't want another origin story. I'm kind of burnt out on origin stories. And it was just kind of all that influx of, of reasons that I just wasn't excited. But I knew Avengers Endgame come out in the uh, very end of April, and I knew this was the last one before it. And I knew that I'd have to see it because Captain Marvel's going to play a big part in Avengers Endgame, which isn't a spoiler. Everyone knows that if you've seen uh, the first uh, Infinity War. Um, So I went anyway, and I will tell you right now, it's a really good movie. (laughs) It is actually pretty entertaining. Um, It's definitely... I think I have others that are quite higher than it if I had to rank Marvel films, which... Spoiler, we are going to rank Marvel films at some point. Um, but it's definitely a fun movie, and it's it's not a bad couple hours at the movies. Um, it, 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 it is an origin story, but the way they do it is different enough that it's not your standard origin story, so it's not necessarily really boring. You know, like, okay, just hurry up and get this person their powers. You know, let them get bit by the spider so we can become, you know, the hero and go save the day. You know, they do it differently enough that it, it keeps your attention without battering you over the head with all the origin story stuff. Um, the Brie Larson is really good in the movie. Um, I do wish her character had a little more pathos, I think. She, like, Brie Larson is good in the role. Like, I'm excited to see her continue in the series and as many Captain Marvel movies and Avengers movies we get her in. Um, I just felt like, in terms of character, her character was the one that didn't shine as much. And that's a shame, because she's the title character. She's still awesome, and she's a badass throughout a lot of the movie, but there's not a lot... I don't know. I guess there's just not a lot going on that was... that, that They didn't give Brie Larson enough enough to do and I know it sounds weird because she's the title character so of course she has stuff to do but without going too far into spoilers she just doesn't have um she's she's probably the least well written I think which brings me to Nick Fury played by Sam Jackson which if you didn't know this movie is set in the 90s so Nick Fury they they did that that Marvel de-aging that they've done before with Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr. in Civil War um and he gets a really good storyline I mean it's a Nick Fury we haven't seen before He's not in command. He's not the badass that we know. He's not, he doesn't have his, he has both eyes, (laughs) you know? Um, You know, you get to see him basically kind of discover that there's, you know, he already knows there's some stuff going on out in the world. He knows there are people with powers, but this is his first introduction to kind of the the space world and what's going on outside our our planet. Um, And Sam Jackson nails it. He's really good. Again, I'm happy. This is like the first, and it could be because he is like second build. The character even is like probably second main character of the movie. But I feel like this is the first, other than maybe Winter Soldier, which he had a good arc in that, but he was only in it for, you know, here or there. He's in almost this whole movie, and I feel like this is the first time Marvel has given Sam Jackson like 
some meat to chew on in terms of character work and and just kind of having fun. And you can tell he's having a ball. Him and Brie Larson have a, have really good chemistry in this movie. Um, but I will say uh, the person that steals every scene he's in is uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who plays the villain Talos. He's fantastic. Every single scene he is in, he steals. And I'm not going to go any further than that because that will go spoiler territory, but just suffice to say, Ben Mendelsohn, I've liked him for years. He's awesome in Rogue One. He's even good in Ready Player One, which the movie's okay, but he's a good villain in it. Um, but he shines in this movie, and I'm happy they finally like were, were thinking, who can we get for the villain? Oh, let's get Ben Mendelsohn in the Marvel Universe, and he plays a Skrull. That's even better. So Ben Mendelsohn is really good in this movie. And the cat's fantastic. If you've seen any of the posters or trailers, you know there's a cat in the movie named Goose. And to say any more is spoilers, but the cat is really good. That cat steals the movie as well. Um, but overall, before I get into the spoilers, I definitely recommend Captain Marvel. There's, it's a fun two hours. I had some problems in a couple areas, but for the most part, I was happy all the way through. There's a really sweet Stan Lee cameo in the middle, and an even more sweet and heartbreaking tribute to him uh, at the very beginning, where literally the whole audience out loud, <gasps> you know, just a collective, oh my god, you know, are they doing this? That's so, that's so beautiful. So, it, 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 and, and I think we're getting him in a couple more. I think we get him in Endgame, and I believe he filmed a cameo for Spider-Man Far From Home. But, <clears throat> okay, everybody, that's the spoiler-free review of Captain Marvel. I'm now going to go into spoilers. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers for Captain Marvel, skip ahead maybe about five minutes or so. Just kind of gauge as you're skipping along, you know, <clears throat> if I've moved on to the, the next topic. But as I said, spoilers for Captain Marvel. They're not going to be massive spoilers, just a few things that I really liked that I have to throw spoilers onto. So spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay, has everyone left who doesn't want to hear spoilers? Have they all left? Well, that's good, because I'm going to spoil some stuff. So I'll throw it out there right now. Brie Larson, as I said, is really good. But Captain Marvel's kind of a wet blanket. <laughs> I, I know that sounds bad, but... She, she's good in that part, but Captain Marvel doesn't get really much to do character-wise other than look confused and, and just aloof. Because the whole point of the movie is she is having visions of a past. Uh, she lives on a planet named Kree, <clears throat> I believe, or Hela. Hela, and she's she's a Kree, and so she's trying to figure out why she's having dreams of having a life on Earth. So the whole point of the movie is her trying to figure out what's going on. You know, why am I having these visions? What's <clears throat> what is my origin? You know, what's going on? And you know. They do show you throughout the movie what happens, which is kind of neat. I did like that effect that, you know, it's not a strict origin story. We're learning it as she is. But Brie Larson doesn't get much to do because she's kind of just, you know, reacting the way we would. It's not much character work, I guess, is what I would say, as I, as I wish she would have given. But it's a minor problem because everything else is really good in it, which leads me to Ben Mendelsohn as Talos again. So the fact that uh, Talos halfway through the film ends up becoming a good guy and you find out all he's doing he's what he's doing is to save his family and other members of the scrolls who are basically being hunted down by Brie Larson's planet's people and he becomes like this very funny very strange character 
is awesome because he was already a really good like character. Ben Mendelsohn was already crushing it as what we assumed was the main villain of the film. But to then have that turn where, oh, now he's going to be a good guy that's helping them. Oh, and he's making jokes and being goofy made it even better. And he's far, you know, we haven't really got to see Ben Mendelsohn do comedy. And granted, he's buried under a bunch of makeup, but the makeup, he's able to emote enough. But it just kind of shows that, like, give Ben Mendelsohn some more comedy because he's good at it. And he is he is really good. And that was he's my favorite part of the movie. And I was very happy that he ended up being more than just your spoiler boilerplate uh, Marvel villain, because as we know, Marvel has a villain problem. And I feel like Talos isn't a problem because he ends up being a hero. Um, they do again end up having kind of a villain problem to where, you know, again, if you've listened already, it's spoilers, spoilers. To where Jude Law uh, becomes the villain at the end of the movie, he's you know trying to kill the Skrulls and and continue the the their planet's directive of killing the Skrulls because they're immigrants to the planet and they're you know crazy and bad. I get why he's doing it. You know he's he's doing what he's told, and and Jude Law is good. You know like he does what he was asked of him. You know he has this turn where it's oh he's actually a bad guy. You know and he's fine in it. I just would have liked more than what they gave in terms of motivation. Annette Benning's really good. She gets to play a couple parts. She gets to play Marvell, but she also gets to play like the big AI, the artificial intelligence of the planet, the Kree planet that's basically sending all these Krees out to kill the scrolls, you know. <clears throat> and she's good. She gets to chew the scenery too, which is fun. It's what I want out of a Marvel film. I just wish they would have had a little more build up to Jude Law being bad. I just think they were so focused on the misdirect that Talos was the villain, and then all of a sudden, hey, no, he's not, but guess what Jude Law is, that they just kind of forgot to give him a little more character work uh, to build up to that turn of him being evil. But overall, I really enjoyed Captain Marvel. I'm excited. I, I'm happy I saw it. I'm, I was happy to be wrong that it ended up being better than I expected, and I had a really good time watching it. Um, so yes, I recommend it highly. I cannot wait to see Avengers Endgame and how sweet was that Stan Lee Marvel opening. When those Marvel credits opened and I realized about five seconds in, wait a minute, I'm not seeing Tony Stark or Iron or you know or Captain America. That's all Stan Lee in those credits. Instead of heroes, that was every Stan Lee cameo instead of the heroes. It honestly gave me chills because it was so sweet and such a beautiful tribute to the man that would these movies would not be here without him. And it was such a great way to honor him, and I hope we get to see that tribute again in, in Endgame, because that's, you know, the big finale. Um, but yes, I very much recommend Captain Marvel, so you should probably get out and check it out. Okay, and now, instead of going into, you know, usually we would do our uh, 10 to 6, and then take a break for the draft, and then do our 5 to 1, but because I'm only doing a top 5, I'm going to talk a little bit about the draft right now. Um, I don't have the numbers, because Cody does all that. <clears throat> but I do know uh, <laughs> that Captain Marvel made a lot of money, and it's only going to make more, <laughs> uh, which is incredible, because I was getting kind of low in in funds here. Um, so to see that it's doing really well is even better. So I think what I'll do is just kind of talk about how Captain Marvel did. Captain Marvel made $164 million in its opening weekend. That's fantastic. I'm very excited for that, because I think it's, it's, it's happily deserved, I think. 
Um, I'm excited to see it do really well in the coming weeks, which I think it will. It'll still be in theaters, I believe, when when Endgame comes out. You may even see a little boost when it gets closer to Endgame. So I definitely think I'm going to be making some money on this movie overall. I probably don't need to buy any more movies in this draft each week, which we're not going to buy any of the movies this week because Cody's not on here to draft with. Um, we'll just pick that up with next week. But to have that, you know, putting me over $200 million is uh, fantastic. That's a good start. And and I don't, you know, Cody, is, him and I are going to be close in what we have. But I think Captain Marvel is only going to get higher. So made $164 million this weekend in the U.S. alone. That's a very strong opening for a female-led superhero film. Uh, I think it's a long time coming. And uh, it broke a lot of records. So congrats to Marvel and Captain Marvel. And congrats to me for making $164 million. That's right, Cody. I'm coming for you. Coming for you, buddy. Okay, everybody, now let's move on to the fun part. My favorite part of each show. And as I said earlier, I'm bringing some horror into Get Ranked. That's right, we're going to do some horror this week. As I said earlier the episode, I'm doing my top five Friday the thir- kills in the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, Friday the 13th is my second favorite horror franchise. As I've said on here before, Halloween is my favorite horror series. Hands down my favorite horror series. Friday the 13th, though, is a very close second. Now, while I can admit there are some some highs in this series, but there are a lot more lows in this series than highs. But I find fun and thrills and merit in every single one. No matter how bad they're written and how just ridiculous they are and how badly acted they are, they're still just fun, trashy slasher films. Um, hopefully you know what Friday the 13th is, and I'm going to spoil uh, I'm going to spoil at least five kills in this episode alone, so if you haven't seen Friday the 13th and don't want to get spoiled, you're just going to want to skip this week, but there will be spoilers. I'm going to spoil some kills and some plot points. Um, Jason Voorhees, I think, is one of the coolest slasher villains. I mean... The man became iconic by wearing a hockey mask. Like, who would have thought that would end up being one of the most iconic horror characters of all time? Is a slasher wearing a hockey... Uh, it was a Red Wings hockey mask that the prop department master went, How about this one? Oh yeah, that'll work instead of the bag you wore in part two. And they had him wear it. And thus, the iconic character look was born. Um, <laughs> there are... Uh, 12 films in the Friday the 13th series. Sadly, it's uh, as of this year, it's been 10 years without a Friday the 13th movie. The remake came out in 2009, which I quite enjoy. Um, and it's sad to see that Paramount hasn't really figured out what the hell to do with the series. Um, hopefully with Halloween coming out, being rebooted last year that, and doing really well, it's the highest grossing slasher film of all time, that maybe it'll jumpstart the fire to get us some Friday the 13th back, because I think it's about time that Jason stalks his way back to theaters um, and give us some more inventive kills, um, which leads us to this week. Uh, If you don't know, Friday the 13th is about a hockey mask-wielding killer at a camp, Camp Crystal Lake, and he kills people for having sex and doing drugs. (laughs) It's really the SparkNotes version of it. That's exactly what it is. It's, It's just, I mean, there are so many movies in this series that really have no plot other than Here's a teenager, there's Jason, he kills him, move on to the next teenager. Credits, you know. Uh, but they're made with, with you know, the, some of them are made with such love to that just kind of 80s horror type of filming. And the music is, is a lot of fun by Henry Manfredini. And it's just, it's a fun series. And 
If you haven't seen the Friday movies, even if you've heard bad things about some of them, still go and watch them all because they're a time capsule to that time period and they're just fun. You know, they're not scary. They're just real fun. Um, so I guess we'll just jump into it. Again, spoilers. So, like I said earlier, when I wanted to pick a topic to do this week, I knew Cody would never, ever want to watch all the Friday the 13th movies to be able to compile a list of the top uh, kills. So I thought that would be a perfect episode for this week. And as I said, these are going to be my favorite five. Not necessarily what I think are the best, although I definitely think they are to me. Uh, you may argue that, now this one's more culturally significant because of this, or oh, this one because of this. But to me, these are my favorite. I, they're the most fun, the most outrageous in a couple cases, and the most iconic to me. So that's why I picked these particular five. And without further ado, I will jump into my top five Friday 13th kills. Starting with number five. We start with probably the one in the series that gets the most hate, which is justified, don't get me wrong. This kill comes from Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Now with a name like that, wouldn't you think that the bulk of this film takes place in New York City, uh, with him running through the streets causing chaos and mayhem and just killing people left and right with his machete? That'd be great, right? Well, that's not what this movie is. This movie is Jason takes a boat ride for about an hour and a half, and then about 20 minutes of Jason in a bunch of badly lit back alleys that are clearly is not New York. I think it's Toronto, actually. And one really fun scene of him actually in Times Square, which should have been the whole film. But, you know, they decided, let's do a movie in New York with Jason. But we're not going to give you any money to be able to film in New York. <sighs> Another One of the long line of boneheaded decisions made by Paramount. But... The kill in this movie that I think is one of the most iconic to me and one of the, my favorites, which is why it's my number five, um, there's a scene with a character named Jules. He is an African-American. They're all high school kids. They're going on a, a school trip, their senior trip, to New York City, and they're taking a, a cruise ship, which really, it's it's a steamboat, basically. It's, it's just a big industrial ship. It's not a cruise ship. I would never want a, a senior trip on a boat like this. And he's a boxer for the school. Well, when they get to New York City, they think Jason's dead. Well, guess what? Jason's never dead, and he appears. So Jules runs up to the top of a building, and Jason follows. And what does Jules do to fight back? He does what he does best. He starts boxing Jason. He starts punching him and punching him and, you know, going at him, punching his hockey mask, which already is a very bad idea because, as we know, hockey masks are made to take the brunt force of a hockey puck. So why you would punch that with your fist is beyond me. But that's besides the point. Jules keeps punching and punching, and Jason's just taking it and taking it, and they're getting he they just keep walking further and further. <laughs> Until eventually Jules gets too tired out and says to Jason, Go ahead, take your best shot. Well, Jason does. He takes the best shot you could ever take, which is my number five favorite kill. Jason punches Jules's head clean off his shoulders. <laughs> with looks like no effort whatsoever, he swings back and swings forward and knocks off Jules's head, which goes flying off the building and lands in a dumpster in the alley below. There's no blood. <laughs> it's just one of the dumbest 
kills of the entire franchise, but it is it, it makes my list purely because it is so ridiculous. And by that point in the series, that's exactly what Friday the 13th had become. The movie before had him fight a, a, a psychic like Carrie, you know, so it didn't surprise me there was a kill like that in part eight, but it, it's, it's, it's easily the highlight of that movie, which doesn't have very many at all, so it's not hard, but it's just a fun, stupid kill, and it's iconic. I mean, when they did the video game uh, a couple years ago, that's one of the kills that you can perform when you play as Jason, because it is so iconic that, like, well, of course I'm going to punch a guy's head off, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous, and that's absolutely why that's my number five. Now we're going to move on to number four, which comes from a film named Jason X. Yes, who thought a kill from Jason X or that Jason X would be brought up at all? It is usually reviled, which is surprising to me because Jason X is, is a fun movie. The creators themselves, the writers, have admitted that they didn't take that movie serious at all. It was supposed to be a very outrageous, goofy spoof almost of sci-fi films with Jason Voorhees running around a space station. Like, that's a lot of fun. It is not good. The acting's terrible again, but it's got a lot of fun moments. I mean, when Uber Jason, the bulked-up robot version of him, appears at the end of the movie, that's one of the best moments of the series alone, for sheer, like, holy shit factor. You know? Um, but one of the best kills of the series is towards the beginning of this film. So what happens is Jason gets frozen uh, with liquid nitrogen. Uh, in Crystal Lake, like in like 1990. And he then is frozen for, I don't know how many years it is, 500 years, we'll say, and woken up by a group of high school students who are on like a science trip in a spaceship in space. Like we have, we've, we've, infect, we've invented, spa perfected space travel during uh, one of the dumbest things they ever seen in the movie, during the Microsoft Wars on Earth. Ugh. Um, <laughs> but... So they bring him aboard the ship, and he's frozen, and they think he's dead. Of course he's not dead. It's only 20 minutes into the movie. So what happens is, Jason wakes up, and which it leads us to my number four kill. He grabs the student that is studying him, grabs her by the head, carries her over. For some reason, she has a uh, sink filled with liquid nitrogen. He carries her over to the sink, takes her head... Puts it in the bottom, in the water, in the in the tub full of liquid nitrogen. The camera shows it from like showing her face going in, and it freezes. He pulls her head out, and she's frozen. And what does he do? He smashes her frozen face into the side of the uh, countertop, which just shatters into a bunch of bloody red, basically ice pieces of her face. It, it basically did exactly what I wanted out of a spoof of Jason in space. Which was give us a very outrageous kill you'd never see in any of the Friday 13th films. Because who's going to have liquid nitrogen at Camp Crystal Lake? The nerdy kid? No. No, he's not. But they can do that in a movie like this. And it is, it's so cool. The effect is cool when she gets frozen. And he just smashes her head. It's not overly bloody. Because when he smashes it, it's not like, it's not liquid blood. It's frozen blood. You know, like her face is frozen. But it's it's just a really cool kill, and it kind of sets off his killing spree on the ship, kind of letting you know what kind of movie that's going to be from that point forward, which is a very over-the-top, let's see what we can get away with because we're in space. So, okay, now let's move on. I can get my cap on my water put back on here. Let's move on to my number three, my top three now. My number three favorite kill in the Friday the 13th franchise actually comes from my favorite film in the series itself, which is Part 6, Jason Lives. Um, little backstory on Part 6, Jason Lives. Um, they killed Jason in Part 4. 
the final Friday was the one where they decided this is it. We don't want to do anymore. We're going to kill him. And then it made a lot of money, and the very next year, they brought him back. <laughs> they brought the series back with the new blood. Or, right? New beginning. Sorry. Which is just a terrible film. Shouldn't be on any list anywhere. Part of, it's got a lot of kills. I think they have a kill like every like five minutes in that movie, but it's it's terrible. It's not even Jason that's the killer. It's a guy named Roy. So <laughs> when they went to do another one, they realized, okay, well, we made a mistake. Jason has to be the killer. It can't be Roy or some other imposter person. It needs to be the maniac we've grown to love and care for. Um, he was in all of our hearts at that point. So what they decided to do was make a movie called Jason Lives. Call it out right in the title. He's back. And actually, that's the title of the uh, Alice Cooper song during the credits. It's called he He's Back. And what happened was when they hired the director to write and direct it, he told them, you know what, if this is part six of a series, we can't be serious anymore. There has to be some levity in these series because we're on number six. How many times are we going to do this? So let's add some comedy. So that's why I love part six, because it's it's a black comedy. There are some violent, gory kills and some crazy Jason shenanigans at Camp Crystal Lake. But there's a black humor running throughout it. Um, you know, one of the characters looks right into the camera and says, what do they think I am? A nincompoop? And it cuts to a bunch of kids screaming, yes! You know, like, there's just so many little jokes like that throughout the movie. It's it's very lighthearted while this maniac's running around doing what he's doing. And it's about Tommy Jarvis, this guy who's crazy, and he wants to kill Jason for once and for all. And he hooks up with this girl whose father is a sheriff. And they don't want Tommy there because they think he's nuts and he's perpetrating the myth of Jason, which the town of Crystal Lake was smart and finally changed their name to Forest Green. Um, and my favorite kill comes at the very end of the film. It all takes place, the climax takes place at Camp Crystal Lake, which for the first time in the series actually has has kids there. Throughout the whole series, the big first movie, there, the teenagers who are there, the counselors, are like there like a month before the camp opens, so there are no kids there. Number two, they're at like a training camp for counselors you know there's no kids this is the first one in the series where there are actually young children at the camp which adds an element of terror because oh no is jason going to kill some of these kids <laughs> which leads to another really good joke in the movie where one of the kids one of the boys says to another boy so what were you going to be when you grew up <laughs> it's just just so great there's some good comedy in it um but all the climax takes place there and everyone's running around trying to find where jason is and where the kids are and where megan is the girl in the movie well Jason is chasing Megan's father, Sheriff Garris, through the woods. And this brings me to my number three favorite kill. Sheriff Garris is fighting Jason, and he's doing well, and he's doing a good job. And this is one of the few times where I like all the characters. The characters actually had some story arcs that were good. I didn't. There was finally a character in the series I didn't want to die, which was Sheriff Garris. But he does. And what happens is, uh, Jason literally bends him over backwards. <laughs> he he's on the ground on his back jason literally takes his hands and pushes him backwards literally so he he bends backwards all the way so his head is touching the back of his feet and it's a very violent very you hear the crunching and the snapping of the spine and the bones and he's screaming and it's really cool it's a really cool effect i mean it's obvious how they did it he's standing in a hole and the other guys another guy's legs are coming out of the hole and you know it's a very easy effect to do but it's effective because, like I said, he's a character I didn't want to die because he's doing his job. He's a sheriff of the town. He's got his daughter he's trying to protect. He doesn't want Tommy spreading fear. He's, they finally made the town uh, profitable again because people are coming back because it's not called Crystal Lake. And all he's trying to do is just stop this guy. And, and Jason, he he does get the better of Jason for quite a bit. 
where he's hitting him with a rock and stuff, but Jason gets the better of him and snaps him over backwards, and that's a very visceral kill. And like I said, I didn't want it to happen, but I just think it's really iconic because it's cool. He bends him over, he bends him over backwards like a pretzel. All Jason needed was a little mustard and some salt. Um, but that's why that's my number th- uh, three because it's it's just the first kill in the series that really was like, oh man, I didn't want him to die, but that's a really cool effect, you know. So. I knew when I did this list, that one had to be on there. I had to have one on there from my favorite movie, Part 6. And now let's move on to my number two kill in the Friday the 13th series. This movie is uh, Part 7, The New Blood. So I got that from earlier. Um, As I mentioned earlier, this is the movie with the psychic. (laughs) You heard me right, ladies and gentlemen. This is Carrie versus Jason Voorhees, which is exactly how the movie was pitched. Carrie came out and was a massive massive success, so let's capitalize off that, which is what Friday's done its entire run. Uh, Friday the 13th, the original, only came about because the, the writer and director, Sean Cunningham, saw how much money the movie Halloween made and said, I want to get in on some of that. So he wrote a complete ripoff, Friday the 13th. So it only makes sense that for part seven, oh, Carrie's big with a telepathic teenager? Pfft, we can do that. And let's have her fight Jason. So they did. Uh, and it's that's really all you need to know about that movie. Part seven's not good. Jason gets stopped by her ghostly father, but there is what well, to me my number two. So you know it's like to me iconic. But if you ask even the actor who has played Jason the most, which is an actor uh, stuntman named Kane Hodder, he played Jason from part seven all the way through Jason X. He will say to this day his favorite kill in the series is the kill that's my number two. And I can see why, because it is iconic. Again, it's another kill that they brought into the video game that you can do, because it is so... It's it's just badass. And the kill I'm talking about is the sleeping bag kill. Now, some of you may know what that is purely by that without me explaining it. But I'm explaining it anyways. It's what it is. There's a girl sleeping in a sleeping bag. Jason walks up. She sees him. She screams. He zips her inside of it, drags her in the sleeping bag over to a tree, and swings her against the tree, beating her against the tree while she's inside the sleeping bag, killing her. It is ridiculous, to the point where they even brought that kill back in Jason X. Again, spoofing it, because that's what that movie is, where he beats two women in two sleeping bags against each other, you know, just furthering the outrageousness of the kill. But in that first movie, it was just so... the audacity of... Is he really going to kill her in a sleeping bag? How's he going to do? Is he going to stab her? What you know? What's he going to do? No, he's going to he's going to drag her to a tree and then smash her against it. Like it's so ridiculous, but it's so brutal. And and I'm surprised one kill did it or one smash did it. You know, but it's a movie about a masked psychopath killer that has died like 40 times and come back. So I, I you know we can look past that. But it's just such an iconic kill, the yellow sleeping bag, and and I think Kane Hodder is one of the better Jasons. I will say, it's probably blasphemy to some, but he's not my favorite Jason. He is good, and I know a lot of people he is is our favorite, but I was never one for the breathing. You know, Kane Hodder was known for giving Jason kind of some personality with the breathing as, he, as he's, you know, walking around. I wasn't a big fan of that. I like kind of more monotonous, just kind of just lumbering Jason. Um, but he looks really cool in that movie. So you add that on to him smashing someone against a tree with a sleeping bag, and you've got my number two favorite kill. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to my number one favorite kill in the entire Friday the 13th franchise. And it comes from the movie that doesn't even have Hockey Mask Jason in it. 
That's right, it's from number one. And if you know your movie trivia, Jason's not the killer in part one. It is his mother, Mrs. Voorhees. Now see, if Ghostface would have called me, instead of Drew Barrymore in the beginning of the movie Scream, I wouldn't be dead. And neither would the guy out on the patio, because I'd have got the question right. So Billy and Ed, or whatever the hell uh, Matthew Lillard's name is, would have had to go take their ball and go home, instead of killing me, because I know my history. That's right. But anyway, I digress. My number one favorite kill is from Friday the 13th, the original film. And uh, like I said, the, the killer is Mrs. Voorhees. The, the story being that her son, Jason, was uh, mentally uh, handicapped and ma- I believe in maybe a little disfigured. He was disfigured. And the kids basically bullied him and he drowned. And instead of the counselors watching him and saving him, they were off drinking and partying and having sex and doing drugs. So, you know, like 13 years later, however many years later it is, I don't quite remember, she comes back to the camp's reopening to exact revenge. She does not want the camp reopening. So she starts picking off these camp counselors one by one throughout the movie. And, and you know, you don't know it's her until the very end. That's the big twist is, oh, it's, you know, at that point, everyone thought, oh, it's going to be a guy. Because that's usually who the killers were. Michael Myers, you know. No, is this kindly old woman that rolls up in her Jeep. You know, she was the old cook, friend of the Christie's. And she's a psychopath. But my favorite kill in this movie includes probably one of the more famous actors to be in this entire series. Kevin Bacon. That's right. The Baconator is in the first Friday the 13th film, before he was famous. He would get Footloose right after this, and that would start his career. But one of the first movies he did was he was a counselor in the original Friday the 13th. And in a scene where he had, he's just had sex with the girl he's with, he's laying on a bunk bed, the bottom bunk, and he's laying back, and she leaves to go shower or something after they're finished, and he's laying on the bunk bed, and he's smoking a joint. And... And what happens is, all of a sudden, a drop of blood lands on his forehead. And he looks at it, and what the hell? Because what he doesn't know is a body of another person Mrs. Voorhees has killed is in the bunk above him. And he looks up, and before he can even react to seeing a body above him or what's going on, a hand reaches out from under the bed, grabs him by the forehead, pulls his head back, and in one of the coolest makeup effects of all time, because really nothing like this had been done before, an arrow comes through the back of his throat out the front. And you see it come through his throat. The blood squirts and he gurgles and and it twists around and then it cuts. I can only imagine being in that theater back in 1980 and seeing that effect happen and thinking they literally just killed that young actor. (laughs) There can be no way how they could have done that kill without murdering that young boy. (laughs) That's all I would have thought. Because how could you do that? And that was why Tom Savini, who did the makeup for the original Friday the 13th film, that's why he's a genius. It's because he knew how to do that. Obviously, it's not a real body, up to Kevin Bacon's head. From the neck down, it's a fake body. He's underneath the bed, and they're sticking an arrow through a fake neck. But you didn't know they could do that stuff back then. I mean, that was just so awesome. And so gory with the blood squirting out. And it wasn't even supposed to squirt out, spurt out the way it did. The tube, the line with the blood, got clogged. So one of the, the special effects guys grabbed the tube by the mouth and blew into it, and that's what caused the blood to sp- spurt out the way it did, which just adds to it, because it's just so horrifying, you know? Like, And the fact that it is Kevin Bacon now adds a lot of more, a lot more fun to it, because if you're watching it now, you might think, oh, Kevin Bacon's going to live. No, Kevin Bacon doesn't live. He dies and gets fried up and eaten. I'm joking, but that would have been funny. Um, 
So that's absolutely why Kevin Bacon's kill in that first Friday the 13th is absolutely my favorite kill in that series. It is so inventive, it is shocking, and it set the tone, I think, for the whole rest of the series, which was going to be what awesome, never-before-seen special makeup effects can we do to showcase the kills in these movies. Because that's all those movies became, was how can we kill these kids in this episode, or in this part? And what cool makeup effect are we going to show? And I feel like Kevin Bacon's kill in that that first movie set that standard. You know, later on we're going to see hands get cut in half. We're going to see people get chopped in the head with a machete. You know, you're going to see, you know, people split in half from the groin down. Like, so many iconic kills in that series. Shelley's death is great. Um, but I feel like Kevin Bacon's death in that first movie coming through the throat really set that tone. And that's why it's my number one. And now I'm going to make my master top five. No, I'm not, because it's already there. So a recap of my top five favorite Friday 13th kills. Number five, Jason boxes Jules' head off in Friday the 13th Part 8. My number four, the frozen head smash from Jason X. My number three, Sheriff Garris getting his back broken in Part 6. My number two, the sleeping bag against the tree kill from Friday the 13th Part 7. And again, my number one favorite kill from the Friday the 13th series is Kevin Bacon getting the arrow through the throat in Friday the 13th, the, the first one, part one. All right, everybody. Hopefully you've enjoyed this little mini episode. I've enjoyed recording it. Um, this is, like I said earlier, what we're going to do anytime there's a week where one of us can't record. That way we're not missing a week. Uh, it's not going to be a full long episode. It's not going to be a top 10. Usually it'll probably just be a top 5 or whatever that specific host that week wants to talk about. Um, but we, we don't want to not do one. So that's why I thought I'd hop on here and record this for everybody. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Pop onto our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page now, everybody. It's Get Ranked Movie Podcast. Go find it on Facebook. Leave us a review on Facebook comment let us know what you thought of the episode give me your top five i'd love to hear i love talking horror films and i love talking friday the 13th tell me what your favorite kills are in that series let's have a dialogue i'd love to talk back and forth with someone about what their favorite kills are with that in mind we do have a website get ranked podcast Uh, hop on over there you can find the podcast on there you can find links to the podcasts also Our podcast is on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify. If you have friends or family that don't know this, make them download it. Get them interested. Share this podcast as much as you can. We want it to grow. We want it to be as big as it can be. We want to get as many viewers as we can to spread our love of movies and and of ranking stuff. (laughs) You know, because that's all it's about. That's all the world's about. We want people to enjoy what we're creating. If you could hop over to iTunes and give us a review, that would be even better. You can re- you can leave a, a review right through the iTunes podcast app. You don't have to go through all the hassle of going over to iTunes and doing it. Just pop right on that iTunes app and send that review on over. Even if it's bad, you hate the show, let us know. That'll help us fix it. There is a survey on our website you can do. It'll tell us more about what you think about the quality of the show, the audio and whatnot. That'll help a great bunch. Um, at this point, Cody may throw in an ad or two about our website hosting company. I don't really know. I check out a lot of the times while he's reading that. But if he does, this is where he can put it. Hey, guys. It's Cody. Sorry I'm sick this week. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Uh, just want to, yeah, get a couple of the ads out of the way and credit where credit is due on the theme song. So 
GetRankedMoviePodcast.com is hosted on DigitalOcean. We do have a referral link on the website that will take you over there with a $100 account credit over 60 days if you uh, sign up using that link. DigitalOcean offers cloud hosting for virtual servers, databases, objects. Um, The individual podcast episodes are stored in spaces. Go on, check it out. You can read more. Um, GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash DigitalOcean. Also, Dynadot.com is our um, domain provider. We uh, purchased the domain from Dynadot. You can get a account credit if you go to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Dynadot. He'll tell you whoever wrote the song that plays at the end of the show, too. I don't know. I want to say it's locomotion or locomotive. Something with the train. I'm not positive. And as Nick also mentioned, the title or the theme song that you hear in the background at the beginning and end of every episode is Locomotive by Load. Thanks, everyone. But again, thank you, everybody, for tuning out for this episode of Get Ranked, our little mini episode, we'll call it. It's my top five favorite Friday the 13th kills. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed giving it to you. Hopefully we'll do some more horror on this show. I don't want it to be all just dramas and comedies. You know, we got to do some horror. My favorite. So with that, everybody, I say thank you, and I'll see you next week. Get Ranked, a movie podcast, episode 6, Friday the 13th Kills.